Welcome to the Movie Lab. This is Michael. And I'm Damien. Hey, Damien. Uh, we're here to record uh, part two of our Harry Potter retrospective series leading up to the release of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And today, well, last time we, t- we spoke about Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And this time we're talking about part two in the series, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Now, Damien, do you have any memories of this film? Um, not as many as the first film, although I do have some memories, some fondful memories of a lot of the more iconic scenes, I would say. So, not as many memories as the first film, but definitely memories of this one. So, you remember liking this one? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember not liking any of the films, I don't think. Okay. Oh, that's pretty positive. Um, yeah, look, I remember, as I said last time, the, the first one was a bit of a negative experience for me. I was... I loved the book series and then I went and saw that first film and I hated it because it wasn't just like the books. You know, bear in mind I was only 11 or 12 at the time and I expected it to be exactly as the the films, uh, the books were. So I remember that as well was around about the time when I was probably at my most hyped for Harry Potter because I'd just finished the fourth book. The fifth one was coming out fairly soon. And, of course, the film was coming out and I didn't know that I was going to be disappointed by it. So uh, I, I was really hyped for Harry Potter. But after that first film, um, I, I'm i trying to remember when the fifth book came out in relation to this film. But um, uh, I, I just remember not being as hyped about Harry Potter anymore i still loved it but i wasn't i wasn't like because the first one came out as i finished the last book or, or pretty much so you know that that was just perfect timing this one was uh you know it was a couple of years after i a couple of years since i'd read a harry potter book and i was a bit sort of still liked it but not not hyped so uh i remember this film coming out and not being too excited until I saw the trailer and I remember one of the things I noticed uh, well immediately was that this one looked a lot darker than the first which is in line with the book because the second book is quite a bit darker than than the first one uh, the first one's a bit more of a a family sort of movie uh, this one's a, a quite a bit darker so I remember seeing the trailer and being excited by that and I also remember being really excited oddly enough by Daniel Radcliffe's voice because uh, I don't know if you noticed when watching this one, but his voice is broken and he, he sounds a lot deeper and, and, and manlier than he did in the first. In the first one, well, for all of them, they were just little kids. And, and as I said, it felt like a, like a nice, innocent family movie that was very light and fluffy. Uh, but here I am seeing this one and the trailer was, was put together. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember the trailer was put together really well and uh, really choppy and lots of, you know, Big explode well not explosions but lo- lots of action and it looked uh, looked pretty pr- pretty intense Damien and I, I remember uh, Daniel Radcliffe um, just just that voice geez that I don't, something about that just really put me in the mood for Harry Potter like I was like yeah this is the, the Harry Potter's grown up you know he's a teenager <laughs> like me like this is my kind of movie so um, so yeah I got uh, I got got really excited for that so I went into this film with adjusted expectations i i was excited to see a harry potter film i knew it wasn't going to be exactly like the book but uh but yeah i i was just excited to see what they would do with the second and um we'll get into it now so harry potter if I can just so think. just before we move on oh, okay. what, what did you think of it when you were a kid oh um yeah look i um I I remember enjoying it. I, I saw it. I the first time I saw it. I think I saw it with my grandma. Um, 
oddly enough. And and not that that's a particularly important point, but <laughs> I, I remember enjoying it enough to see this to see it again in cinemas. I'm not sure whether I did the gold class the second time as I did with the first one, but I definitely saw it more than once in cinemas. And when it came out uh, on DVD, I um, I grabbed it straight away. So I I was a big fan of that film. So. Yeah, look, it's probably like the first one. I've seen it probably in excess of ten times, and seeing it again just for this review, uh, I memorized. I, I knew every scene off by heart pretty much, even though it had been a while and all the lines of dialogue and everything. So I guess you could say it. It at the time was one of my favorite films, um, but yeah, that was a long time ago. So seeing it again now was uh, was an experience, and um, we'll talk about that now. So. Uh, Chamber of Secrets is directed by Chris Columbus, as the first one was. It stars Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, Richard Harris, Alan Rickman, Jason Isaacs, Tom Felton, Robbie Coltrane, Maggie Smith, and a host of other others. Uh, it's a terrific cast in these Harry Potter films. Yeah, a lot of big British names in there. Lots. Uh, now, to quote the IMDb summary... Harry ignores warnings not to return to Hogwarts, only to find the school plagued by a series of mysterious attacks and a strange voice haunting him. Now, Damien, as I said in my little um, my little spiel leading up to it, uh, this is a, a much darker film than the first. Would you agree? Uh, I would say so. Yeah, it definitely has a lot. Yeah, the plot really does kind of go around a much darker kind of central characteristic or whatever i don't know what i'm trying to say there but you know it's definitely has a lot more dark ideas that are coming into it and that have to be explored yeah well look um just the fact that we've got uh it's more violent than the first one definitely yeah the action scenes are a lot more intense the first ones were all pretty tame in fact a lot of them were almost played for comic uh comic relief this one's got some pretty intense action film uh, especially scenes. especially at the end there yeah um Definitely. I mean, ramps got, up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've got uh, warnings from, from Dobby. Oh, so this is a spoiler podcast, by the way. I probably said that a bit too late. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, we've got warnings from Dobby at the start. Don't go to Hogwarts. is grave danger. Um, we've got things written in blood. Um, yeah. Kids <laughs> are disappearing. They're dropping off like flies. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that sort of you would liken to a horror movie. Um, not that this ever feels like a horror movie, but... Um, it it definitely is a, a step up from the first one. I could see little kids maybe getting a little bit scared in this film. And they definitely um, raise the stakes in terms of the actual like danger to the main cast. Oh, yeah. Because like, in the first one, they feel mostly invincible right up until about the end of the chess scene. That kind of makes them feel a little more human. But then this one, there's a lot more just danger lurking around every corner. I've always thought... Sorry, this is a little off topic, but um, just for the first one... I've I've always thought that that uh, actually that that whole final sequence where they went down with the chessboard and and um and the, the keys and everything like that and facing Voldemort, um that was actually entirely redundant if you think about it. Like even if Harry and Ron and Hermione had not gone down there, um presumably Dumbledore would have arrived shortly afterwards and taken care of Voldemort himself. Yeah, that's true. That's so- true. But then we wouldn't have had a movie. Yeah. So anyway, back to this film. Um. Yeah, look, and, and as I said, there's more, um, I don't know if I want to say horror, but there's definitely, like, we've got creatures, we've got lots of spiders, we've got scary giant spiders, and we've got scary giant snakes later on in the film. So, yeah, this one's definitely 
Uh, it, just that tonally it's darker. Um, yeah, even the light, the lighting's darker. So, you know, this one is not, I, I mean, you know, it's not a dark film if you compare it to some really dark films, but compared to the first one, this is, this is quite a bit more intense. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, um, in a way, it kind of, it contrasts nicely with the first one, I think, which makes it really, it's a very whimsical, wonderful kind of film, you know. Yeah, you well, they all the, are. Yeah. Yeah, but you see, like, the Wizarding World for the first time in the first one, it's very, beautiful and magical and everything but then the first time we go to the wizarding world proper in this film it's actually quite dark and disturbing and scary even for harry yeah well we start in nocturne alley uh, yeah, rather exactly. than diagon alley <laughs> so i mean that's probably a hint right right from the start that this is not like the first one this is going to take some darker turn mm-hmm. we're going to see the dark side of the magical world exactly yeah so yeah, and, and look, one thing this film does, and all the Harry Potter films do this, and maybe not so much as the first, but it, it you do learn more about the magical world. You know, we learn about house elves, we learn about uh, howlers, we learn about flying cars, uh, we learn about some of the magical creatures. Learn about pure bloods and mud bloods. We do. We yes, we learn about those magical swear words. Mm. Um, we we learn all about those things. So yeah, look, and that that's something that any good fantasy series will continue to do is explore the the fantasy world that that it it. It lives in so yeah look there's all of that good stuff in the first one but probably uh the the plot chugs along at a better pace than the first one just because there's not as much setup that it needs to do it doesn't need to set up everything the way the first one did yeah so. i definitely agree with that it definitely it's a lot more straight to the point with what's going on kind of it's focusing more on just harry and co figuring out what's going on and whatnot yeah that's right so um I wanted to say as well the the action in this film is as I said the trailer sort of showed it off but uh, the action in this film is is a lot more intense like it felt mm. a lot more dangerous and there's actual stakes like you feel like well particularly in the spider scene and um, the scene at the end with uh, with the basilisk there's you know like Harry could die if he doesn't get yeah. away it's uh, that um, we'll talk about a bit more later but the scene with the basilisk I thought was actually really well done like I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed watching that scene and the amount of tension that's in it yeah we might as well talk about it now oh well yeah um, but this thing it was um, yeah because a lot of the there was a it's probably the best action scene in the film and there's a fair few of them but I thought this one really was the best at really just capturing my intent in, attention and really you know because it's at the end of the film, you expect the stakes to be higher. Like, it's at the start of the film, you're like, oh, it's the start of the film. I'm not really, I'm not too worried about what's going to happen. But this scene, it's like, really just like, oh, like, how's Harry going to get out of this one? Like, when he's getting cornered in the drain, you know? Yeah, there's a good mixture of uh, action elements. But also, yeah, like, when he's getting cornered in the drain, there's a little bit of a, like, it builds tension as well. It's able to do both. And, um and there's a whole sequence where you sort of for- not forget about the basilisk, but but almost forget about it when um when Harry finds Ginny, and then basilisk of course comes up out of the water. So you're right, it was a long sequence and it was done really really well. I also loved, and I wanted to talk about the effects in this film because the first one we we spoke of the CGI in the first film was really outdated. Now when we looked at it, but this one feels like, although this film came out. I'm pretty sure only two years after the first. Yeah, oh, one year after the first, 2002. So, um, 
you know, even though it's such a short period of time after the first, uh, I, I'm not sure what the budget was. Maybe it was a bit bigger, but the, the, the CGI in this film is, is much better. Like it hasn't really aged too badly at all. Um, Except for a few. Oh yeah, a few moments. things here and there, but I mean, we're talking about a film that's what, but like the, the, the big major set pieces of the film still look really good, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it had to because we've got Aragog and we've got, uh, the Basilisk as well. And you can imagine if both of those scenes were in terrible <laughs> yeah. CGI, we just wouldn't, the, the movie would to work so yeah it, it had to and they knew that so they, they upgraded that and and think of the i mean a really good comparison to make is you just think of the quidditch scene um oh yeah that's one w- much more intense way better and it's not just the cgi though um it, you're right it is more intense like that that scene yeah, they filmed it a lot better for starters the scene where they go sort of under the pitch which would have mm. been very boring for the spectators yeah um, <laughs> But, uh, I don't think Quidditch would be a very good expectation. Oh, in real spot. life, though, in real life, apparently J.K. Rowling gets really annoyed about that when people. I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day, and apparently she gets really annoyed about when people that when, criticize when people criticize critics or, or say like, "Well, hang on, that doesn't work," because <laughs> like she she gets really annoyed about it. Oh, wow. yeah. Um. So don't. Hopefully, J.K. is not listening. Hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. Um. Yeah. So look, I I um I. Really enjoyed a lot of the action set pieces in this film, and yeah, you're right. They're they're a big step up from the from the first one. Or I'm right, rather. I brought that up. So, <laughs> um, the acting in this film, I think, is a step up as well. The first one, I didn't really have a, a big problem with the acting in the first one, but yeah, okay. So you know, as I mentioned, that the, the, some of the, the main characters are all little kids, so some of the acting's a little clunky, but they have a little, they have a nice little chemistry together and that this they bring that into this film but i i think the acting's gone up a notch i i would agree i think sometimes maybe it felt a bit overdone i think um how do you mean just like maybe tone it down just a bit like um like overacting malfoy, yeah like malfoy saying potter like he says it like potter he says it like 10 times in 30 seconds and each time it gets more and more aggressive with Are it you talking um, about lucius or um or draco 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 just uh, like in the first scene that he's in there he's like Potter, Potter, Potter. Like he's just getting more and more angry each time he says it. Yeah. It's just like, maybe tie all that down just a bit, but that's like one 30 second, you know, scene out of like the whole film. So it's not yeah. much. I think they build up the, particularly with introducing Lucius, who's such a good character. He's such a dastardly villain. I was going to swear then. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I like, I, I like, um, just by introducing Lucius, we, we learn more about the Malfoys and, and even that the Weasleys hate the Malfoys, that there's a, 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 this comes out more in the book, but there's a rivalry between Mr. Weasley and Lucius Malfoy as well. They both really hate each other. So, yeah, those Malfoys. Um, and, and Dobby as well. Uh, Dobby, I remember at the time he, that this film came out at around about the time The Lord of the Rings Two Towers came out. And there was a lot of comparisons between the CGI on Dobby and the CGI on Gollum. A bit unfair because Gollum was kind of like a technical masterpiece. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with the CGI on Gollum, uh, uh, no, on, on Dobby. As I said, um, I like the CGI in this film, but yeah, look, Dobby's an interesting little character. And again, house elves are another sort of, um, more that we learn about the magical world. Yeah. I'd, I'd say I I'd actually forgotten about Dobby when, we, Dobby when we were thinking about the big CGI moments, but, um, yeah, he's a pretty consistent character throughout the film, and he's you know completely CGI, and he looks. Well, I think he's mostly CGI. I think there might be some puppeteering in there. I can't remember. I don't know about Dobby. Definitely, um, with 
the Basilisk and Aragog as well. I think Aragog seemed mechanical. I'm not sure he was even um, CGI. The, a lot of the other spiders the spy, were. Yeah, a lot of spiders were. Um, yeah, but the Aragog himself, I'm fairly sure, was a practical yeah, I'm effect. Re- I'm but, trying to remember back to, like, behind-the-scenes footage from, like, when this first came out, so. Yeah. Um, but still, he looked really good, and he felt like he had a real f- physical presence within the scene. The basilisk was uh, really well done, and that was one, as I mentioned, there was a lot of CGI used, obviously, but there were also practical... It was used as a practical effect as well. Uh, oh, yeah, so, especially when it's really close to him. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. really helps make that sense of space between the two really just feel very real and really amps up that tension in that scene. Absolutely. So, yeah, I... I really enjoyed um, this as a as a film. So, uh, and I can't I can't go without mentioning uh, two things. First of all, Gilderoy Lockhart, one of my favourite characters. Well, not in Harry Potter universe, but certainly in this film. <laughs> um, did you suspect? I mean, I know you'd already seen this film, but I'm because I couldn't remember for the life of me the first time I read the book whether or not I suspected that he was a fraud. I, I suppose I just didn't really think about it when I was a kid, but um, I mean, really, it's an obvious twist. I, it is very. I'm not sure. Did the teachers know he was a fraud by the time they're sending him to the Chamber of Secrets? Well, okay. So in the book, you find out that Dumbledore knew, or it's implied. I, I'm trying to remember. I think it's at least very strongly implied that Dumbledore did know that he was a fraud, but there was just no other person available for the job wow okay fair enough but then yeah. like double did- makes a lot of questionable decisions yeah like this, this like did the other teachers know because um mcgonagall sends him into the chamber of secrets right like does she know and she's like she says your your adventures are legendary or whatever yeah like, i think the teachers all got the sense that or well, you get the sense that the teachers yeah. know that but like if actually- that's true that means they just very willingly sent someone they knew was full of a bad word. Yeah. Into going Full into the yeah, going yeah. into the chamber of secrets. It's like these well, teachers- I, mean, I, I think they probably expected him to just bail, and that's what he was going to that's do. True. To be fair, um, until the boys uh, sent him down there. No, I, I look. I think I remember at the time the rumor was that Hugh Grant was going to play him, and like that would have been a good casting choice, I think. But you know, I have to say, having seen the film. Um, Kenneth Branagh, the uh, who played Gilderoy Lockhart, did a, did a fantastic job and a, a really memorable performance it and was, some great yeah, lines. Yeah, it's definitely um, probably one of the highlight performances of the film. It's oh. just so ridiculous and like I feel like it's very. I don't know how obvious it is in the books, obviously, since I've read them, but it's like very obvious that he's you know a fraud. But it's like done in such like a kind of cheeky way that like they're winking at you, being like. Look at this guy. <laughs> I love all these these bogus spells like pesky pixie pestinomi. Oh. Or, um and what was the one for the um uh, <laughs> the, the for the bones? Oh yeah. What what does he say? Oh, he says he's like uh, like a bardor. A sempre or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just won't make that up. But he, he, the way he says it was just such conviction. And there was the other bogus one with the during the duel. I say the duel. I love the duel scene. Yeah. Like- but, but here's the weird thing about him. Like, he knows he's a fraud. Like, he knows he but can't he actually keeps going do out of his way. He keeps going into public spaces in public situations and trying to show off magic that he knows he doesn't have. 
And like people are willing to like take over and do it for him, but he's I'm, like, no, no, no. I'll do- <laughs> I guess I mean, I'm not complaining about it. It was very entertaining, but it just adds to the absurdity of this this character. And did you know? Um, now we'll never actually go back to this in the film, apart from a very brief after credits still. Um, but that, that that character actually has a very dark sort of ending. Um, in the fifth book, there's a sequence, and I'm not spoiling the film here because. Well, this is a spoiler podcast anyway, but we don't, this was cut out of the film in the fifth one. But in, in the fifth book, they go to St. Mungo's, which is the magical hospital. And at one point, they sort of take a wrong turn and they go into the mental ward. And, uh, there are a bunch of wizards there with permanent brain damage. And Gilderoy Lockhart's one of them. And, uh, he, he never actually recovered his memory and he still has basically no idea who he is but knows that he was famous and is asking for um for autographs from everybody or offering autographs from everybody and uh nurses are sort of helping him around and he's sort of just lost oh, it's a bit of a dark yeah. ending isn't it <laughs> like he's permanently got brain damage now so i don't know but you know you don't learn that in his film and it's not something they added in the in the films at all um uh, but yeah. Well, I'm just going to try and forget that now. Interesting bit of trivia. Uh, now, I also have to mention uh, Richard Harris as Dumbledore. This is the last time we'll see him. You know, he passed away uh, in between the filming of the second and third film. So, Prisoner of Azkaban, we're going to have a new Dumbledore. Uh, this is... I wouldn't say that Richard Harris is a fantastic Dumbledore or anything like that. I don't know if he really got enough. Because we see more of Dumbledore in the later films. Um, so, you know, in these early films, he didn't get a whole lot of scenes, but, um, but I think Richard Harris did a serviceable job as Dumbledore. Um, infinitely better than what we're going to get in the next, the rest. Of- we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to the next <laughs> film, Damien, but, um, but at least Richard Harris, I think, did it, did a serviceable job. I, I'd say out of the two Dumbledores, absolutely without question, this, this is the better one. Um, they even changed Dumbledore's look in the next one, but we'll, We'll talk about that in in the next film, but yeah, uh, sad to see Richard Harris not be able to see out the whole series, uh, but he did a good job while he was there. Hmm. Okay, Damien, so we've spoken about it. Do you recommend uh, Uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I wouldn't just recommend it on its own. I wouldn't be like, oh, you just go watch Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, like, you know, watch the other films, but... I would say it's a step up from the first, I think. I think I was probably enjoyed it more and was probably more engaged during uh, the watching of this film, so I'd definitely say recommend. Recommend? Okay. Well, look, um, as I said, I loved this film when I was younger. I really enjoyed it, and I liked that it was a bit more of a step up. And when you're 13 or 14, as I was at the time, um, you know, you appreciate it when people take, the darker elements of the story more seriously and they don't just make it for little kids or make it a family film not that i think the first one took that too far i mean that was pretty true to the story but this one was darker and they made the film darker so i i appreciated that so yeah look I, to me this is uh, an absolute improvement in almost every way on the first film and i recommended the first film so of course i recommend this film i, I think it's really good i've seen it again in excess of about 10 times I don't know if it's the best Harry Potter film. We'll have to see the other ones and, and make a judgment maybe at the end. But certainly it's the best one so far of the two that we've seen. So I really enjoyed it. So that means so far we've got recommends for both the first two Harry Potter yeah, films. Yeah, we'll all recommend, all green all, all green lights for, for the two Harry Potter films. So right. good series so far. Well, we'll see if that's changed. 
We'll hope, see if that changes. We'll see if that. Hopefully not. Hopefully, hopefully they not. just get better and better. Hopefully those arrows get greener. <laughs> hopefully. So, hopefully. But um, yeah. anything else you'd like to finish on? Uh, yeah, actually, I had a little bit of trivia that I've got in my notes here that I didn't get to. Um, apparently there was a, a popular, because the internet wasn't, a, well, it was around, but it wasn't really as big back then. Back then. Um, it wasn't social media or anything like that. And apparently there was a very popular opinion or theory that Moaning Myrtle was played by Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> And if you actually, <laughs> I, does I, I actually I see like, it. <laughs> it does kind of look like Daniel Radcliffe wearing a wig. I, <laughs> as soon as you said, I was like, I, I can see. Yeah, that. yeah. I thought that was very funny. But I didn't know that until I was watching it with with my cousin, um, who pointed that out, and I I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, okay. Well, thanks for listening. This has been part two of our Harry Potter series. Um, we're going to get to part three next time with Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. But until then, we'll see you next time.